Hello, and welcome to a new era and a new episode. These are the Paradigm Papers, your continual calling card for collective change, and my own personal Jewish space laser, blasting beams of uproar from beyond. So congratulations on getting through the very first year of the most debilitating plague in a century, which happened to occur during the Year of the Rat, a creature often reviled for its spreading of disease. Rats are relentless and insatiable. Their teeth continue growing until the day they die, and they can chew through almost anything, even a precious comic book collection. Did you hear about the one that got into an ATM machine and ate through $20,000 worth of cash? There are also cunning survivalists that can asymptomatically carry up to 35 different viruses, including HIV. Rats are able to dive up to 100 feet underwater and hold their breath for as long as 15 minutes. This means it is possible to be sitting on the toilet, minding your own business, and then BANG! You've been bitten by an HIV-infected rat! And the worst part is, they could be laughing at you the whole time. That's right. Rats possess the gift of laughter. And rat parents have even been known to teach their offspring how to use it. One thing I like more about the Eastern Zodiac is that you can kind of tell how old someone is by their sign. You know, if I told you that I'm a Capricorn, then maybe you'll think of some personality traits associated with that sign. Or you could even figure out what month I was born in. But that's about it. If I were to announce that I'm a rooster, however, you can immediately narrow it down. You know, it's like, well, you look a little old to have been born in 93, so you must have been born in 81. For my money, a system that can decode your birth year is a little more useful. But I want to know what you think. Check out the show on social media. You know, every single morning, very first thing I do is check Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, and then I head on over to LinkedIn. (laughs) So, um, you know, you can find me on a few of those platforms with the handle CLNKRMR. It's also my Gmail address if you want to chime in on any of this or just, you know, send over some death threats. Speaking of Google, I'm trying to use less of their services. Um, The very first podcast I ever did was all about cybersecurity and the myriad of reasons you should be using things like DuckDuckGo for your search engine instead. Um, Even staying away from Chrome at this point will help. This has got to be the biggest story that virtually no one's been talking about. And it's kind of been coming to a head since 2015. Uh, At least that's when it came on my radar, because I was looking for a cheap flight to Alaska that year, and Google Flights kept coming up. But I'd never heard of that. So I wound up Googling Google Flights, and eventually found out that the European Union was suing them for basically steering searchers away from the competition. And now Google's gotten so out of hand that 38 different American states have joined an antitrust lawsuit It's headed by Philip Weiser, the Attorney General of Colorado. Hey, congratulations for being way ahead of California. Again. Uh, But for some bizarre reason, last I checked, California still hasn't signed on as a plaintiff against Google, and perhaps that has something to do with them being headquartered in California. So, I want to know what things got you through the past year. Was it video games? Cannabis? Playing video games on cannabis? 
going through the house and power selling stuff you forgot you even had on eBay in order to keep eviction and starvation at bay? For me, two things uh, in particular really helped. Are you familiar with Everything is Terrible? It's pretty much my favorite artistic endeavor ever. I've been to three of their live shows, which are indescribable. If I were to send a package out to extraterrestrials or create some kind of time capsule for the future, I would include as many Everything is Terrible videos as possible, just so that they can see what we've really been up to. Check out their website, obviously. Uh, they're also really active on IG. And donate if you can, because they're building a pyramid of Jerry Maguire VHS tapes out in the desert. It's a fascinating and no doubt highly noble cause. The other thing that got me through was copywriting for a really cool media company, but we've now been furloughed, not even because of the pandemic, but because of Google. They control 92% of the search market now and are using this lawless dominance to make sure you only end up with products and services that they're invested in. This kind of monopoly is obviously very anti-competitive and overall bad for business, especially small businesses, but it's also a threat to our entire economy. You know what they say about absolute power, corrupting absolutely. And take a look at what happened when we let just a handful of too-big-to-fail banks monopolize the housing loan market leading up to the Great Recession. DuckDuckGo, Yahoo, and Bing are all apparently willing to play ball and stay competitive, but all three of them together only control a measly 8% of the market. So don't let Google dominate. Call your state's attorney general and tell them to make the state class action lawsuit against Google a higher priority, especially if you live in one of the states that hasn't joined on yet. Last I checked, those are California, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, New York, Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, and Arkansas. If you're in one of the states that I didn't mention, you might want to start by thanking them, your attorney general's office, that is, for joining the lawsuit and taking a stand against Google's abuse. Hey, could be fun. So now back to symbolism. Uh, the rat apparently got to be the very first of all the Zodiac animals because, in part, he cheated in the great race and took the ox's rightful position, which is part of why the more honorable and hardworking ox has to come right after the year of the rat. So this rat rode in on the success of others. Like someone who might have inherited a multi-million dollar fortune only to completely mismanage it to the point that no American bank would loan you any money. Or the kind of guy that wouldn't have been able to weasel his way into the White House without the help of troll farms operating out of Russia, Ukraine, and Saudi Arabia. Hey, did you uh, check out any of the impeachment? There were some pretty incredible presentations. But I think it was uh, Friday I heard the asinine claim repeated, probably by Trump's defense attorney, that he was the most pro-Israel president ever. And this is an entirely obscene assertion. First of all, there was a website way back in 2016, maybe 2015, where you could pick the Jewish journalist of your choice and then have Trump yell, you're fired, while he throws the journalist into an oven. And when Trump was asked what his message was for his supporters that were using his likeness in this way, he didn't even condemn them. He just said, there's no message. 
Then there was the reporter from Ami, the Jewish magazine, who asked Trump what his administration's plan was for dealing with the rise of anti-Semitic attacks. And Trump cut him off midway through asking the question, telling him to sit down and that the whole question was repulsive and that this is why we shouldn't believe the media. And Trump, not allowing for any kind of follow-up question, goes on to say about himself that he's the least racist guy any of us have ever seen in our entire lives. Completely ignoring the question and doing absolutely nothing about the exponential uptick, over 400%, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, of bomb threats on Jewish community centers, Cemeteries being vandalized with swastikas and other pro-Trump insignia. Going so far as to call the goons who almost burned down the second oldest synagogue in all of North America, in Charlottesville, very fine people. He retweeted and also refused to condemn all kinds of neo-Nazi rhetoric. Attacked John Stewart for changing his name, even though, you know, Trump. He removed our troops in Syria and abandoned the Kurds, both very dangerous moves in terms of Israeli stability. On top of that, Comover Caligula sold fighter jets to Israel's enemies, relayed secretive Israeli intelligence to the Russians, which was meant for our eyes only, and had his press secretary omit any mention of the Jewish people in his Holocaust Remembrance Day speech. Remember that? And uh, he went on to continue to arm Saudi Arabia even after they murdered an American journalist. Biden has since halted arms sales to the Saudis. And, last I checked, it was actually Obama, not Trump, who received Israel's Presidential Medal of Distinction for his, quote, unique and significant contribution to the strengthening of the state of Israel and the security of its citizens. So yeah, Trump may have pulled off one silly-ass embassy stunt, but if you think the guy is any friend of the Jewish community, you're probably the one suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. And that goes for everyone out there still trying to deny the racism. I mean, I can understand somebody having tunnel vision and just deciding instead to focus on things like tax cuts. But something is definitely up with anyone defending the kind of jerk that would attack a federal judge over his Mexican heritage, even though he was born in Indiana? Or how about taking out a full-page ad calling for the executions of five innocent black teens, the Central Park Five? He used all kinds of Asian slurs, even though the majority of U.S. COVID cases came in through Europe, and subsequently, 2,120 hate incidents against Asian Americans were reported during the pandemic. 832 reported right here in California. And what about birtherism? How many white presidents did Trump demand hand over their birth certificates? Hell, even the Nixon administration went after Trump for racist housing policies. Nixon! So, who will you miss most from the Trump era? There's Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, who changed the Obama-era immigration policies. I know some people still want to blame Obama for the detention centers, but Sessions, while still Trump's attorney general, proudly admitted to trying to deter more immigration, specifically by making border conditions much harsher, including the family separation policy, something that prior administrations did only in very extreme cases. How about Rick Perry? 
the idiotic Secretary of Energy that had plutonium transported across the country in an unsecured truck just waiting to be hijacked by some terrorists or to crash into a building or something and let that plutonium render all life on the continent uninhabitable for millennia to come? There's Ben Carson, the brain surgeon-turned-housing secretary who tried to blow 31000 of our tax dollars on a new dining set for his office. And then when he was caught, you know what he did? He blamed it on his wife. There's Peter Navarro, who accused Antifa and BLM of being bad hombres and a pack of animals that were doing all this looting over the summer. Seven months later, he's caught looting the White House. You got Don Jr., who admitted that his family has depended on Russian financiers for decades. He released a photo of himself posing with his AR-15 just before calling for every able-bodied man and woman to enlist in what he called Trump's Army for Election Security. Now imagine the backfire had that been Sasha or Malia. Next is Melania, who was considerate enough to unveil the official White House tennis pavilion on the day we hit 290,000 coronavirus deaths. She also took off her mask at a children's hospital with signs everywhere pleading with people to keep them on. In addition to doing 10 different modeling jobs before getting legal permission to work in the United States. So to quote her husband, lock her up. Jared Kushner, the brat who tried to set up a back channel to Russia without our military's okay and diverted PPE supplies to enrich himself. Larry Kudlow, that guy with a hundred thousand a month coke habit that Trump named as chief economic advisor. Then there's the foreclosure king himself and producer of the Lego Batman movie. You know, I'm still waiting for the Lego Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Steve Mnuchin, who worked his ass off to keep Harriet Tubman off the $20 bill and keep mass murderer Andrew Jackson on there. Louis DeJoy, who deserves to jail for trying to undermine the vote-by-mail process when he had dozens of mail organizing machines destroyed. And then he removed mailboxes and drop-off boxes for millions of urban voters. You know, there were areas in places like Houston where the 200 voters registered in the Republican gerrymandered district, they got the same amount of vote-by-mail drop-off locations as the district that had 2 million voters. Yeah, that's really fair. Imagine how many more millions of votes Trump would have lost by had this guy not been our postmaster general. DeJoy also happens to hold stock in every single one of the post office's competitors. FedEx, UPS, DHL, you know the list. That'd be like putting a whiskey distiller in charge of cannabis regulation. William Barr, member of Opus Dei. Remember that from the Da Vinci Code? Now, his father used to publish kitty porn, and believe it or not, also gave Jeffrey Epstein his very first job with children. So it's kind of interesting that Epstein wound up being in William Barr's custody when he went to federal prison. And I'm sure it's just a normal routine kind of thing to take a high-profile pedophile prisoner like Epstein off of suicide watch and then turn off all the security cameras while both of the security guards just happen to fall asleep at the exact same time and wake up at the exact same time without remembering anything. And we already know the kind of fractures he incurred do not come from self-hanging. 
You got Steve Bannon, who was arrested on a Chinese billionaire's yacht for scamming Trump's own supporters. And then pardoned by Trump. What a grift. I could obviously go on all day. Three of Trump's campaign managers have been imprisoned. He ripped off Loeffler and Purdue's campaigns, pocketing 75% of their Senate donations for himself. He was the very first president to break the emoluments clause of the Constitution and brag about monetizing the office of the presidency. Yeah, Bush and Obama played a lot of golf, but they didn't own the golf courses. Trump told Americans to go to church on Easter Sunday, already knowing how bad COVID really was. He sided with Vladimir Putin over our own intelligence agencies. There was the staging of violent attacks on peaceful protesters in Lafayette Square. He couldn't even spell his own wife's name, right, Melanie? Or the word polls, which in and of itself should disqualify him from ever being allowed to run again. And of course, there's his half-decade-long flirtation with insurrection, going back to at least the 2016 election when he kept calling it rigged, and that built all the way up to his anti-Antifa intifada on January 6th of this year, where he and Trump Jr. told the defecators and seditionists to go wild and fight like hell. And then he even acted like he was going to go with them, saying, we're going to march down to the Capitol before sneaking off to his own private viewing party. That makes Trump not only treasonous, but cowardly. You know, he called Colin Kaepernick a bastard and helped get that guy fired just for kneeling peacefully. But after the nightmarish attack, when, for the very first time in American history, the Confederate flag was flown inside our capital, what does DJT say to his crowd of cop killers? We love you. You're very special. So now I think we're in for a mellowing period. You might be tempted to take Al Jorgensen's advice and just turn off the news for the next four years so you can finally get some sleep. And he's right. There's a sense of relief. We're not checking our phones at 3 a.m. for the kind of absurd media dominance that felt like a never-ending Greek tragedy, complete with rape and murder. I'm still upset about E. Jean Carroll's stained dress only getting an infinitesimal amount of press coverage compared to Monica Lewinsky's. But that's part of the point. When there's too much to even keep up with, a lot of the most important stories are just going to slip through the cracks. And you get so overwhelmed with the freak show that eventually you might just go numb and give up. But now is no time to sit on the sidelines. No! This is the year of the ox, a magnificent and agricultural beast needed to smoothen the soil and repair our terrain. Oxen may be slower than horses, but are stronger, capable of pulling a heavier load, and working for a much longer period of time. Occasionally, the ox appears as a locomotive power. Think of Biden on the Amtrak. It's revered for having tenacity, a calm temperament, and sustained attentiveness. So, like, not tweeting an average of 108 times a day? It's associated with patience, like Biden's three presidential campaigns, as well as humility. Joe still has one of the lowest net worths of any member of government, according to the Center for Responsive Politics. And due to the fact that they rarely run off, Oxen are known for being very firm and faithful, which might remind you of the rosary 
from Bo. Anyway, thanks for listening to me rant. Now what I want to do is a guided meditation to help calm and center ourselves for the amazing year ahead. Again, I'm very needy, so if you want to find me on social media, the handle is CLNKRMR, and all of the audio today was produced by Brittany Mack. Check out more of her tunes at BrittanyMack.com. And stay tuned for our special meditation program.
A method for moving away from the materialism and hostility of the old world and into the harmonious tranquility of a new eon might involve realigning ourselves for a powerful paradigm shift. The Earth is passing into a new cosmic cycle, and now is the time for humanity's true liberation. What we're dealing with here is not only your higher self, but the highest self. Nah, you don't need to worry about that stuff right now, though. Just relax and know that we have the ability to heal and radiate our surroundings. The atmosphere functions in electromagnetic layers. And since the mind is also an electromagnetic system, it is possible to achieve a symbiosis between the two. Much like the shaman who are able to create rain through dance. Or the seven-week meditation in Chile back in 1999, where 140 people went the whole week focusing on charging the atmosphere with plasmic projections. By the end of the week, you could see countless traces of spectacular rainbow effects in the skies. Like the Scandinavian sagas of Odin crossing a rainbow bridge, described as fleeting and unstable, but connecting the earth to the heavens nonetheless. Or the indigenous tribes of Australia who predict that the southern and northern lights will eventually stretch from pole to pole out over the equator. A rainbow ring. Let's try to visualize it. First, we're going to warm up with some breathing and posture. The way in which we sit helps determine the blood flow in the body, and it can even influence the thoughts we produce and signals we receive. Start with a simple sitting pose with the feet placed squarely on the floor. Your knees kept close together and your hands should be resting on the knees. Do not cross the feet or clasp the hands together. Sit straight and upright with your chest lifted and shoulders back. Feel the natural curvature of the spine and be careful not to strain any part of the back or neck. Relax and breathe in slowly and deeply. Never shy away from using the full capacity of your lungs. Take slow, soft, quiet breaths through the nose, drawing fresh, clean air deep into your core. Gently exhale and let the oxygen flow through each and every part of your body with a positive charge. Keep your jaw open and relaxed, but don't breathe through your mouth. Remember to never force your lungs or hold your breath. Keep the rhythm fluid and natural. Slow, soft, quiet inhalation. Slow, soft, quiet 
exhalation. Close your eyes and feel the lightness of space around your heart. Lightness in physical space, lightness in mental space. Focus inwardly where there is silent, purity, clarity. Allow each inhalation to wash away any lingering tension and let each inhalation bring renewal and vitality. Begin to direct your attention at the top of your head and observe what tensions you might be holding there. Loosen the jaw and relax the scalp muscles. Completely let go. Now imagine a blue sphere about the size of an apple. Let it float over your forehead and soak up all of the tightness. It slowly rolls down onto your face, taking all the time it needs to rub out the tension in your facial muscles. Eventually, it makes its way to your throat and neck, slowing down and floating around, vibrating thoroughly before traveling over each shoulder, reverberating up and down each arm until you are completely relaxed. Then, let the ball pass down to the chest and abdomen, removing any discomfort in your core. Allow it to work its way to your ankles and feet, moving in slow circles until it becomes a warm swirl of dark indigo. Now I want you to take in all of the energies from the ground. Feel how each and every cell in your body has a consciousness and use the energy that you're drawing in to charge these cells. Accept all vibration as a singular oscillating rhythm. The sound of my voice, the motion of the breeze, the buzzing next door. Feel your own overflow of magical energies pouring forth into the ether. Think of the earth as a cell that expands and retracts like any other, as timeless and divine as you are. A universal force to the essence of your very being, whose heartbeat affects every single part of the cosmos. Now immerse it completely in warmth, love, and excitement. Think about how your mind field extends around the body. This field of force around us is called the aura. Picture yourself as a conducting channel for the forces which flow from two sources, or outlets, the aura just above the head and the corresponding center just below the feet. On the tree of life, we call these centers of energy Keter and Malkuhu. So to stimulate these conduits, visualize a globe of pure white radiance just three inches above your head 
this sphere should be seen as clearly as you can possibly build it. And at the same time, you should feel it as a warm, vibrant glow, charged with a power that is steadily being radiated into your aura, traveling down to the earth center below the feet. Once you've successfully built up this contact point above the head, you may now open up the conduit below the feet. Again, visualize a globe of light and hold it about three inches below the feet. But instead of pure white brightness, you should picture the incoming energy in this earth terminal to be a seething, surging energy of citrine, russet olive, and indigo all blended together into a magnificent psychedelic swirl. The construction of this lower chakra can be a lot more difficult than the one over our head. And this is part of why many choose to meditate barefoot or in open-heeled sandals to help maintain the connection with Earth's magnetism. Don't worry about this too much because we are all constantly and completely immersed in the Earth's magnetism like a fish in the ocean. The more clearly you can visualize these two terminals, the more effective this exercise will be. Now, even though we're building up certain mental images and linking them with existing etheric counterpoints, realize that these outlets are already at work and that what we are trying to do is establish a certain control mechanism. This is sometimes called the burning of the fires of the body and their balanced action results in true physical health. We tend to get so cluttered up with repressions and rigid thought processes that these energies are choked back and cannot flow freely. In this exercise, you are using your own conscience to open the way for these forces to restore and revitalize your various nerve endings and glands to give you a sound mind, a peaceful inner organism, and a healthy body. Now start to picture your aura above the head as a sheet of light, which is the full width of your body. Think of it as a waterfall of light, as though you looked up at the top of a waterfall and could see the sun cutting the line at the top, right through the middle. Now picture the falling sheet of light as coming down in front of you and feel it pouring down around your feet. Then turn it below them, through the earth center, and bring it back up behind your body, over the shoulders and neck, back to the center above the head. You should be breathing in as you visualize the crown center. Then see the sheet falling in front of you as you exhale. As you again inhale, See the gorgeous, watery light rising back up behind you. When it has been drawn back up to the crown center, breathe out and repeat the cycle. Your inner soundtrack during this meditation may consist of words like, The fullness of being pours through me. Or, 
I am the divine vessel of knowledge. What you're doing with this ongoing waterfall of light is laying a rough channel through which new energy may pour. Think of it as an electrical current that lights up your lamp when you hit the switch. You didn't invent the electric current, neither is it your personal property, but you have prepared a channel for it. Now, it is usually within our own particular aura that we have to work, but as we approach the new eon and continue to transform, I'd like to expand on that. Send some particle flow toward the vision of the world you want to live in and know that you are shaping reality to yield the most desirable experience for everyone. We've been set up to fear change in a way that makes us go through life like a bundle of anxiety. Time for a new kind of consciousness, where the sense of self includes not only the conscious ego, but something that has more to offer. And as you get to know this higher, somewhat mysterious self, the more you see how interconnected it is with everything in existence. And we look into the future with curiosity, as if it's some far off thing, way out there, vast in outer space. And you look and you look until one day it hits you that this is it. We made it. But it is only the beginning. Because with this, you know that you will never die. That you are the eternal essence that expands and retracts, coming and going endlessly before the oceans of time. If the choice is to proceed with the game, then there may be times when we need to coordinate telepathically. And psychic solidarity has the potential to become the spiritual equivalent of the atomic bomb. If we can tap into a zone of consciousness where structural codes of harmonious growth and development are stored with things like daily meditation, particularly at key positions, access these codes and align oneself with the galactic undertaking. Set for yourself a goal of becoming a biopsychic battery. Direct the plasmic energy to come out of both poles and into a stream that unites the rainbow bridges around the earth. It remains stationary, with one side always pointing toward the sun and one pointing away. Now take a moment to visualize what that would look like and how it would affect the entire psychoatmospheric field of the earth. Synchronizing ourselves in time with a common purpose it'll be permanent. We'll hook up the outer auroras with the advent of the psychozoic era and the spiritualization of life on earth. It's a totally healing image, the healing of our hearts and lives, instant evolution. Practice this visualization anytime and think of the earth as something within you. As we continue to cultivate mind and spirit, the rainbow bridges will keep building and the glimpse of a healed humanity will begin to emerge. Not only that, 
but a possible tourist attraction that seems safe enough for galactic visitors. Like a psychic manifestation of the armistice that was greeted with joy all over the world on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the enemy surrendered and the front lines broke into cheers. The war with ourselves was over. We can do infinitely more when linked together lovingly. Indulge in the one great work. Get with the program and make the positive ascension. Enter the kingdom on earth through your own divine will and the powers of unadulterated imagination.